Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. Okay, okay. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for the feedback, uh, everybody. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for the warm welcome. Hope you've had a very, very amazing week. I mean, for us, the climate in the PowerPoint tribe has been celebration. I mean, uh, we're, we're in our anniversary month, uh, and so we're really thanking God for that. It's just been uh, a heart or several hearts overwhelmed with thanksgiving. And, you know, yesterday we received a new addition, a new beautiful addition. You know, what a way to start our fifth year. Um, you know, in the passing of Omezikam's brother, would would know his, his name very very soon, and so a big big congratulations to to uh, Pastor Nonso and Mama Ag. I, I I think I don't think they are on the call as expected, but uh, congratulations to them, and really congratulations to us. I think it's 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 also just like a signal of amazing and greater things to come in this new year. Um, and by God's grace, we trust that, you know, Pastor Nonso and Mama Eiji and the Oji family, they have everything they need, you know, every kind of resource, every kind of grace that needs to abound to them <laughs> in abounding measures. Because when Pastor Nonso tells us about, you know, Omezikam's doings, you know, and now they are two, <laughs> you know, they have everything that they need um, to raise um, this this new child uh, as well as maybe maybe come in the way in the way of the lord uh pastor Nonso is here okay so pastor Nonso, congratulations congratulations and extend our congrats to mama eji and also today uh we are celebrating the first family uh in the powerpoint tribe of uh, pastor dami and ellie uh congratulations i mean they are just a symbol of you know what a godly family looks like um you know la continually supporting pastor continually being a mother to us with open arms you know when you read you know how titus and you know timothy says that admonishes you know um older women to be an example to younger women you know and you look at la uh, she's an example worthy of following um as a mother as a wife as a woman you know as a woman excellently so across all of all these different fronts and we thank you for your large heart we thank you for your charity we thank you for your love for the tribe and also what do we say to our senior pastor and the angel over over this house we celebrate you sir we thank you for showing the bamboos the same way our la shows the pillars how it's done um pastor also you know every time undoubtedly shows showed the bamboos you know how to be a father how to be an husband how to how to how to serve you know even across all of these different um these different roles uh, and perceive those roles as gifts and just serve you know and show up 100 percent across these different roles so we celebrate pastor and we celebrate la and of course again tomorrow we can't just have enough we are rounding off the week with celebrating the class captain of the olives right um tiara but i'll save that i'll say i'll save that for tomorrow so that we can do it we can do it very well so it, it's been a week of, of celebrations and it's just it's just really amazing uh to have all these celebrations on the heel of on the heel of our fifth as we enter into our fifth year right um yeah so so thank god for all of it and i also want to in that same breath also thank pastor for the opportunity uh to bring the word today it's not something that you know i take for granted at all uh it might look like it's, it's a cycle you know it's like it's like a solar system somehow one one day you go reach you you go again and to reach you but um, we also still take these things, uh, and I still take them with a huge sense of privilege um, and huge sense of reverence as well. And so thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity. I salute all my pastors, um, my APs, as I like to say, Pastor Ayo, um, Pastor Nonso, and Pastor Ituro. Celebrate all of you, sirs, and the leaders, of course, LXL, and the directors, um, and then the DC and everyone here are uh, present. Uh, let's just let's just let's just say a word of prayer before we go into the word. Can I just ask you to please um, just pray in tongues for some minutes um, as we go into the word? Just let's pray in tongues for about two minutes. 
or three minutes let's just pray in tongues let's 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 ask you know that the word of god has free course let's ask that you know our word is our hearts are open our hearts are fertile ground we receive the word um in the in the strength in in the strength of its coming and we declare that that word bears fruit in our hearts that word begins to teach us what to do begins to teach us how to act begins to teach us to cost correct you know and with it as well comes the strength to do what it tells us to do and also the power and we declare in the name of jesus that in not many days from today in not many hours from now we begin to see the fruits of what we are hearing in the name of jesus we declare that these words do not stand against us on the day of judgment we declare that for every Every time, for every time, we have a reason to show a proof of what it is that we have heard today. And over the past 34, 35 weeks, we declare in the name of Jesus that we rise up to that challenge, presenting our lives, presenting ourselves as proof of the will of God, as proof of the word of God, of what the word of God says, as proof of what we've heard, as proof proof of what we sit around every thursday every sunday as proof in the name of jesus we declare that we our lives continue to look like the word day by day hour by hour our lives look like the word we look like christ we learn christ we become christ on the earth in the name of jesus we declare in the name of jesus that every stumbling block to the word every stumbling block to the receipt of the word every stumbling block to the to the conversion of the word in our lives we declare that it is removed we declare that it is reduced we declare that it is nullified in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory. Thank you, Father, for the lavish supply of your word. Thank you, Father, for the privilege to be able to sit at your word, to behold wondrous things from your law. Thank you for the privilege to be able to see your, read your word and see things, to be able to, to, even for the privilege of fellowship, to gather around as brothers and sisters around your word. Lord, we give you all the glory and we give you all the praise and we declare that even as we, you know, as we share the word tonight, we declare that light comes, we declare that wisdom comes, we declare that strength and power comes in the name of jesus and we declare that not many days from now we begin to bear fruits 20 40 60 and 100 fold in alignment with all we've heard in jesus mighty name we've prayed amen and amen amen hallelujah are we ready who's ready so we'll start with a recap of uh, what Pastor Nonso taught us last week, uh, episode 34, and Pastor Nonso started with doing a very good um, job of linking chapters 11 uh, and chapter 12, or chapter 11 to chapter 12, you know, and he started to say that, you know, on the basis that, you know, the 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 jews were grafted out to graft in the gentiles he says that you know he began to explain that the gentiles should not use that as an occasion for gloating on an as, as an or as an occasion for prideful behavior but he said that mercy is the basis of our faith in god and not bragging or gloating so the gentiles should not focus on the fact that oh you, we were grafted you, you were taken out so that we can be brought in. Instead, they should consider consider that the same way the rightful, quote and unquote, owners of this covenant were grafted out so that they can be grafted in, is the same way they can we can also as Gentiles or Gentiles can also be grafted out, you know, to graft the Jews back in. So the way to look at, you know, what that that act or what happened in the Jews being grafted out and the Gentiles being grafted in is to is to look at it from a point of mercy as a basis of our faith in god so it's the same way we should just understand that it was by the mercy of god that we were brought in and extend that same mercy and even sometimes gratitude you know to the jews hoping that in not many days from now or yeah in not many days from now they would also experience again that same mercy that we have we have um been privileged to partake of. The second thing that I, I noted down is that Pastor Nonso said in Romans 12, 1 and 2, that what you present to God before you present your gift is us, is you rather. So whatever, what we present to God before we present our gift is us, is our person, is ourselves. So it's not just presenting our gift, it's presenting ourselves. And, and that presentation is evident by 
what we do with our bodies, what we do with our members, what we do with our lips, our eyes, our mouth, our nose. And that has been a recurrent theme over the course of um, the book of Romans, you know, the, over the course of the series. Whatever you do with your body justifies your life of worship, pure, plain and simple, right? So he said what, you, what we present to God before we present our gift is ourselves. And, you know, it's, 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 it's very... What's very insightful was the parable Jesus shared about, you know, someone coming to offer his gift. And the Bible said that, you know, he, he brought his gift. But Jesus said that if he had any ought against his brother, that he should leave that gift on the altar and he should go and settle whatever, um, whatever strife, whatever issue that he had against his brother before he comes to offer the gift. So really what God is really concerned is, about is us not just the gift that we are bringing right because we can we can fall under the delusion of giving our gifts so things that are part of us but but not not really presenting ourselves which is what god really really counts as worship so in the old testament you know worship was presenting your gifts because really there was no component of the of our lives that could that could that could that could be um an offering to god if you understand so in the old testament people presented gifts as a form of offering because they did not host a spirit their their lives they were not saved they did not host a spirit when god looks at them he doesn't see jesus he doesn't see people through the lens of jesus that sacrifice had not been made so you cannot offer yourself quote and unquote as a sacrifice but now in the new covenant because you know we have been redeemed we carry his spirit we can offer ourselves and we have now become in place of goats in place of lambs in place of doves in place of things right we've now become the the worship or yeah the offering to god our lives have now become the the, the offering and that's why first corinthians 13 will also say that you can have love but you can do all of all these things but if you don't have love which is resident in your heart which is resident in your person then you're not really you're not really none of your none of your sacrifices none of your gifts is really acceptable because you lack what is really pleasing to god which is your, which is resident in your body right the love that god requires is not a love that is evidenced by gifts but it's a love that is first evidenced by the disposition of your heart not just a love evidenced by gift and that's why you know akin to what you have in romans 12 first corinthians 13 now also begins to say that love you know is not boastful love is not unkind love doesn't think evil of its neighbor and that's the same thing that you see the same rendition that you see in romans 12 that our lives are now the offerings to god not things so in the old testament god will look at things before he will prefer to look at things because before he looks at uh before he looks at people because those things already bear the semblance of holiness bear the same semblance of something that can be acceptable to god but in the new testament god doesn't look at things god first looks at your heart if you bring it if you bring something but your heart is not in alignment with what it is that you have brought that thing is not accepted it's not accepted so that's why Pastor Nonso began to teach us that what you present to God before you present your gift is you. And one of the things you then start to realize is presenting your body is a is a harder thing, really. It's 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 harder than just presenting things. You can present things without batting an eyelid. I mean, if you have you you can just do anything. A rich man can present four houses, a man that has maybe like uh a whole estate a whole city of houses can present four houses without being without being um without being broken without being contrite he can just do those things without batting an eyelid because he has the abundance of those things and they don't really cost him but presenting yourself and presenting your body becomes more costly because it causes you to change and it makes you change in alignment with what you're reading it actually it, it makes you more broken it makes you more contrite and that is what is really acceptable to god but don't let me get ahead of myself so Again, Pastor Nonso started to remind us of, you know, concepts that we learned in rheumatology where enthronement of one faculty is really the enslavement of another. And so if you enthrone, um, if you enthrone the spirit, it invariably means that you are enslaving the flesh. And if you enthrone the flesh, it invariably means that, that you are caging or quote unquote enslaving your spirit man to follow the dictates or to to bear witness unwillingly to whatever it is that you're doing um 
with your body in cooperation with the flesh, your soul in cooperation with the flesh, quote unquote. So he also, Pastor Nonso also mentioned that faith is the basis of evaluating our actions and intentions and not com and not comparison with one another. So in going ahead from Romans 3 to Romans 12, you know, he explained that faith is the basis of evaluating our actions and intentions and not comparison with one another. So we don't compare ourselves with one another. We don't compare our giftings with one another. We compare our giftings according to the grace and according to the faith that we've received, right? And he also mentioned that our individual work has an impact on our collective work, either in either progressively or retrogressively, right? Um, if you don't remember any of these things I'm saying, I mean, it would be it would be very good for you to again revisit that message and and listen through. Pastor Nanso also mentioned in rounding off the teaching that he talked about the tripod um of the love work which is joyful hope patient afflict patient, being patient in affliction and faithful prayers and he said as part of his closing statements that if you are joyful in hope and patient in affliction you will pray faithful prayers birthing a life that is attuned to god's will and aligned with godliness and this in concert produces a spiritual man that is balanced in all things pertaining to god Right, so that, that, that concludes um, Romans 12 from verse 3 to verse 12. And so we're going to be going ahead with verse th verses 13 to 21 tonight. And again, just um, to, to, to lay proper or to provide proper context to verse 13 to 20, 21, it might be good again to go back um, to Romans 12, 1 and 2, I think, because that Romans 12, 1 and 2 sort of provides the background from which verses 3 to 21 is really premised on. Verses 3 to 21 are just practical applications or situational context um, where a life, of, a, a life of service and a life of worship act in alignment with the word of god in alignment with what it means to present your body what it means to what it means to present your body and prove god's will across different situational contexts that's 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 what you know romans 12 from verse 3 to verse 21 shows so let's just read through again romans 12 1 and romans 12 2. It says, I, be I, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you would that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And I'm just going to reread this again in um amplified version it says i i appeal to you therefore brethren and beg of you in view of all the mercies of god to make a decisive dedication of your bodies presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice holy devoted consecrated and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. It says, do not be conformed to this world, um, but be transformed. That means changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in God's sight for you, for us. So I'm just going to pick out a few things right here, just to, again, lay a background for verses 13 to 21, because I think you provide a good context. Just jumping to verses 13 to 21 um, might not be preferable. So Romans 12, 1 began, began to talk about the fact that, you know, we, we have to present our bodies to God. And it's that presentation of our bodies that is, is what, that is what is pleasing to God as a form of reasonable. So um, Amplified began to introduce words like rational and intelligent service and worship. And it's that offering of our body and presenting our bodies to God. And I began to say earlier, um, earlier that you know what god is more concerned about in this new covenant 
is the presentation of our bodies and not the presentation of things yes a presentation of things should be an outflow of the of the presentation of ourselves which pastor Nons already alluded to last week that the presentation of things should just to be an outflow of a presentation of ourselves you can't be angry with your brother or you can't be um you can't be partnering with let me just use uh this phrase partnering with the world in in your mind in your soul in the disposition of your life and how 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 we live day to day but be offering gifts to god um as a way to appease and compensate as, as a way to appease and compensate for um a, a refusal to renew to renew the mind so god is saying that what is pleasing to him what is really pleasing to him in this day and age is the presentation of our bodies and he says that that is the it's a reasonable form of worship so you know romans 12 1 and 12 2 be, begins to introduce terms that are can in some in some in some in some context or in some circles are quite alien to quote and unquote the christian faith things like reason things like intelligent things like renewing your mind things like things like mind things like those things are you know so in in some sects or in, in some in some sects you 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 find that you know you might want to leave your things like mind things like what you think things like how you reason things like intelligence is not really um spoken in the same breath when you talk about christian faith but it says that the way to present your body the way to continually offer service offer to continue to continually offer a life of worship and a life of service is connected to the renewal of your mind it's connected to something that the bible terms rational intelligent reasonable right reasonable form of service and that service is the yieldedness of our bodies that's the true service and any element of service really bears semblance to this there is some sort of um yieldedness there is some sort of denial you know i said earlier in in one of the um episodes that you know service to god or sonship which is also a form of service or yieldedness is actually denial of some kind of right and so if you look at the first the first place that um service was mentioned or worship was mentioned in scripture in genesis 22 you begin to see something play out you begin to see how that you know god tells abraham to sacrifice his son his only son whom he loves right and god mentions that thing like two or three times where he says sacrifice your son your only son whom you love and that's that's what god tells abraham so and we can also sort of extrapolate that to say this is what god is telling us where god is telling us sacrifice your life your only life which you love sacrifice your time your only time which you love sacrifice your sacrifice your your what your you're right whatever it is you're right the way you should respond in this situation the way you should think about yourself the the way you should how you should base yourself what sacrifice that thing the only thing which you love you know and god just says that not not referencing the fact that he was the one that gave that thing to you not referencing the fact that the very life that you're living is the one that gave it to you or the very thing that you you know lay boast about or the very thing that you're sense of worth is promised on is the one that gave it to you but it tells you you know what go and i want you to please sacrifice to me that thing your only thing which you love so he acknowledges man's free will in sacrificing or not sacrificing but abraham recognizes that see god is the one because you begin to see in the book of romans how abraham believed that the reason why he was going to go and sacrifice isaac and he responded in such speed and with such utter obedience is because he knew that god was the one that gave that that him isaac and if god is asking him to sacrifice isaac to him then two things are going to happen either god will provide a lamb or god would re no either god will resurrect isaac from the dead because he didn't even think god was going to provide a lamb he thought I, god was going to resurrect isaac from the dead or maybe you know isaac would die and then the same thing that played out over after um over, for over 25 years probably accelerated will play out again so abraham turned the 
in his response to God, he turned the scale around to, to tell God in his heart and in his response that God, you are the one that gave me this thing. I have utter faith and confidence in you. My sense of estimation of this thing that you have given me, of my life and its entire composition is based on the faith, the utter confidence that I have in you. In you, in you, in you, as you, as the author and finisher of my of of my faith, which is really all that my life is about, which is really all that my life is about. So true worship is yieldedness to God, is yieldedness to God, is taking the very same thing that God has given you, the very same life. I think it's in Philippians that says that you know, I'm paraphrasing now that, uh, I I, I can't seem to remember it. How that, um. Okay, the life that we now live right now, we live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for us. So it's it's my life, but quote and unquote, it's not really my life because but it's because it's God's life. So that's that is the way you look at it. Yes, day to day and the face of it, Yinka is the one walking this life, but really it's not really a life, it is God's life. So I am willing to give my life in face of the one who gave himself for me, who died for me and gave himself for me. I am willing to sacrifice my life. I am willing to change my life. I am willing to be transformed, like Romans 12 tells us, to be transformed in obedience to what it is that the real owner of that life says. So it is willful denial of what God has willingly given us in expression of our love to him and his lordship over us. In expression of our, Lord, our love for him and his is is his lordship over us so we see like i said we see words like um reasonable worship decisive dedication if you read through amplified you, you, you hear things like decisive dedication you hear things like reasonable service rational intelligent and like where does all these things play like in some sense you can't be saying things like intelligent you can't be saying things like rational what do you mean by rational where in christianity what do you mean what do you mean by rational and i've come to realize that a reasonable christianity is a sustainable christianity and that's what pastor told us when he was talking about you know how that sometimes you explain we want to explain things by just throwing in the the joker card of god's sovereignty you just once you can't explain something you just throw god's sovereignty in there and what you realize is that when you keep on playing this loop of God's sovereignty to things that you can't explain. At some point, you crawl off the altar of service and you crawl off the altar of worship because there are just so many things I cannot explain. And it's making, it's not making God look like uh, someone that is irrational, someone that you, he, he just does as he wants to do, he does as he doesn't want to do. Like, I can't explain it. And so why, why should I sustainably conduct my life by it? So when... Apostle Paul begins to say things like reasonable, rational, intelligent, decisive. He's trying to say that there is a very important role that our mind and the renewal of our mind plays in the presentation of our bodies. That without the renewal of your mind, you cannot present your bodies sustainably. At some point, you will call off the altar. At some point, you would find that people would not start rededicating their lives. So people are rededicating their lives. It's not a life of continuous dedication. As Father's pastor taught us some weeks back, you know, or some like some months back, also in this Roman series, a life of dedication to God. It's a life that you're just rededicating your life and you are remaining in the same spot, zero. So you're just remaining at the gate, at the entrance to the gate of salvation and you keep renewing your life, you keep rededicating your life because you keep crawling off the altar because your mind is not renewed. And so you cannot live a life sustainably that is aligned to worship, aligned to true spirituality because your mind is not renewed. So a, a, a renewed mind is the only solution to a life of worship. Because once, once we, are, we realize that what God really is interested in is the presentation of our bodies, is the, is the mortification of our members. That's what gives God joy. What gives God joy is the morphing of our bodies and our lives and our responses to mundane situations and situational prompts in response to what the word of God says. That's what gives him the greatest delight. It's not the money that we give him, it's not anything it's not anything that is external quote and unquote from us it's even when we give him money and we give him things it's in response to a certain heart disposition that is consistent with the body of knowledge that is the word of god and so if that presentation of bodies is only premised on the renewal of the mind it means that if 
I do not renew my mind. I can't present my bodies accurately. And if I don't present my body accurately, I'm not worshipping. I'm not serving in the way that delights God. I can decide to do activity, but I'm not serving in the way that truly, truly delights and is pleasing to God. So he begins to say that the renewal of the mind is the bottleneck here, is the rate limiting step, is what really accelerates and funds and progresses and sustains a life of worship or is what cuts it short, right? And so, and, and I remember a, a few weeks ago, you know, Minister Jola also began to talk to us about, you know, muscle memory and how that is also important to doing and redoing things. Redoing, redoing things, but I, I'll, I'll come to that later. And then when we look at, so in James 1, uh, Apostle James began to talk about the fact that, you know, when a man that, um, uh, that, that reads the word and doesn't do the word is likened to a man that, you know, from verse 22, he bears, sorry, he, he, he beholds his face in the mirror and he says he straight away walks he walks away forgetting what manner of man he is. So he looks at a mirror, he beholds his face. The mirror is the, is the word of God. And he says he beholds his face in that mirror. But he says as, as soon as he leaves that mirror, he forgets what manner of man he is. So we begin to see, and that's the man that, you know, that reads the word, he hears the word and doesn't do it. And that's, you know, we've also, we've also established that, that is renewal of the mind is also really really linked to worship and presentation of our bodies so he says that that man looks at the mirror of god's word and what he sees in the mirror of god's word is actually his face what he sees is his face and physiology tells us or even like uh, forensic science tells you that the way to catch a thief the way to catch a murderer the way to identify anybody i don't know why i'm using thief and murderer sorry the way to identify anybody let's not be violent the way to identify anybody is by their face so if a criminal for example wants to change his wants to change his identity and wants to wants to just blend in and what he first does is that if he has money by the way from all those mexican movies is that he will go and change his face he'll go and do surgical operations and then for plastic surgery and he changes his, his face he's not you, you can't recognize him recognize him anymore he changes his face so when the bible says that once you behold the word of god what you see is your face. What you see is what is as close to your identity as how you should behave, how you should, how you should react, your identity in the world as possible. It tells you that this is the identity you now start to bear in the world, your face your face so the word of god is converted to how you should conduct how we should conduct ourselves how we should present ourselves and our identity in the world because if my face is my identity in the world and the bible says that when i behold the word of god i see my face so it means that the word of god actually tells me who i am and what my identity is so he says that that man straight away walks and for, for sorry he forgets what he has seen and he says that that man deceives himself he deceives himself and and so how does this link to renewal of the mind that the way mind renewal works is is that you behold something in the word of god and you adapt a new identity it means changing something that you've been used to before changing something that you've heard maybe 10 years you've been hearing concurrently for 10 years if you've been hearing something concurrently for 10 years it means that you have to spend a great deal in the word of god concerning that thing to change in a manner that is consistent with the word so it says that you have to behold the word of god picture the thing that is so for example, for every situation, there is a word correlate for that situation. There is how the, and it might not be um, word for word, uh, what, what the Bible says correlates word for word with a situational context you're going through. It might not always be the case because culturally the Bible was probably, was written, you know, centuries of, you know, centuries before today. But that's, that's the role of, the holy spirit that's the role of prayer and that's why bible reading is not just bible is not just or meditation or bible study is not just bible reading as per rote reading and that's why the bible says that the person that reads the word and doesn't do it is like a man that forgets 
forget what he beheld because he did not really he did not really lay hold of that glance of God's word. He forgot, and that's the reason why he did not do it. And the reason why you forget, which brings me to what Minister Jola talked about, is because it's not been worked into your mercy memory to do it. Either because you've not meditated on it long enough, or you've not studied into it long enough, you've not prayed about it long enough, you've not, or you've not really meditated on it, because meditation is really an invitation to the Holy Spirit to act on the word that you are reading to to bring it alive in your alive in your life and in your in your context to bring it alive the Holy Spirit this verse two chapter two verse one that I'm reading what does it mean today what does it mean as I go to work what does it mean what do, what is the facial correlate of this word that I'm reading what does this word how does this word correlate to my identity in the way I present myself to the world so. It begins to say that do not be conformed to this world, it says, but be transformed by the renewal, renewal of your mind that you would prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So again, like Pastor Nonso taught us uh, last week, he said that a life of proof, I had it, yeah, I wrote it here. So he says that a life, the extent to which our lives are presentable proofs of Christ-like behavior is the extent to which we are, number one, yielded, but that is dependent on the extent to which our mind is being renewed. And the our yieldedness or lack of yieldedness is actually a response to situational prompts that come at us every day every day and that's what you know romans 12 3 to 21 list out there are different situational prompts it's a it's a you don't even know you don't know which one is asking you which verse of scripture something will not present yourself today and say itself to you today and say okay you know the way sister the way sister bola is presenting her gift and the way you are presenting your gift this thought that you're having that you, you are more important than her because your your own gift is prophecy prophecy our own gift it helps that you are more important than her. This one now, that this feeling that you're having is in response, is a question in response to Romans 12, you know, or 1 Corinthians 12. That's that's what I'm asking you today. Those, those situational prompts will not carry tags, you know, asking you what, what Bible reference or what chapter or what book of the Bible we are referring to when we when we when when we come at you. But what those situational prompts are requesting of us is how much of how much of your mind is really renewed? How much of God's word do you do you know? How much of God's will can you prove? How much of God's intended um response to this situation can you align to? Can you align to? And sometimes when we also read Romans 12 too, we start to think, oh, when we hear things like, oh, you know, God's perfect, acceptable will, we tend, we tend to think in big scales, like, oh, does God want me to travel outside of the country or he wants me to stay back? Does God want me to marry Bodalagbaja or Bodatamedo? Does he want me to, does he want me to get this job or to leave this job? Does he want me to do the big things? But actually, the will of God is simply the will of God on any matter. What is God's preferred position on any matter? Whether big, whether small, whether in our... It, it is not... The will of God is not really subservient to our own scale of importance of a matter. It's just dependent on what how God sees any, any matter on a scale of one to a scale of 10 on a scale of zero minute insignificant in our eyes to a scale of big is how god sees any matter plain and simple so he says that it's in this it's the extent to which we prove the acceptable will of god is the extent to which our minds are renewed is the extent to which our minds our minds are renewed our minds are renewed. So one of God's primary intention is really to invade our minds. It's and you know, pneumatology one to three 
did you know teaches us teaches us this extensively that one god's primary intention is to invade our mind because our mind and our soul is the seat of our you know our, our creativity our judgment our decision making whatever it is that we want to do it, it actually stems from our mind you know pastor told us in pneumatology that the extent to which you live a life of worship and the extent to which you live a life of consecration is really dependent on your soul. It's not dependent on the capacity of your spirit or what it is that your spirit knows. It's dependent on the renewal, the renewal of your soul and the extent to which your soul is renewed. And that's also what determines how you, the quality of our worship, the scale of our worship, the sustainability of your our worship and really the acceptance of our worship as well so now that i've just added um you know this backdrop we'll now go on to romans from verse 12 we'll start from verse 13 so for example verse 3 to verse 12 again be begins to talk about different situational prompts you know how you perceive yourself how you perceive yourself in relation to other christians how you perceive yourself in the body how you perceive yourself as an individual you know how you love christians how you respond in tribulations in situations that are either you know happy happy situations or contrary situations how you respond based on what you know based on the body of knowledge that you have right based on that body of knowledge that you have right so let's let's read verse 13 now let's start from verse 13 as we proceed so it says in verse 13 distributing to the necessity of the saints and giving to hospitality and um so what i would what i would do is i would just i'll read through the block of scriptures and then so i have three blocks of, blocks of scriptures to read through verse 13 i'm going to connect that to verse 6 to 8 and then i'll read verse 15 to 15 and 16 and then i will connect verse 14 to verses 17 to 21 and just uh pick three themes from there right so the first one is verse 13 and i'm connecting it to verse 6 to 8. So verse 13 says that distributing to the necessity of the saints. And if you go back to um to verse 6, you know, the Bible begins to talk about verse 5. The Bible begins to talk about the fact that we are many, though we are many, uh, we are one body in Christ and every one of us members of one another. And it says that having then gifts different according to the grace that is given to us, and it goes on and on to verse 8, like that. So god runs a sharing economy and that's why the bible says that you must we must always be willing to distribute to the necessity of the saints giving to hospitality giving to sharing sharing your life you know in um in, in invitational gestures you know and even if you do not invite when that gesture comes you must be willing to accept and to accommodate so and that is premised on the fact that god runs a sharing economy you see that in acts 2 that the bible says that you know the 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 one the people that had in excess they gave to people that did not have as much so that as a family under god as a community none of us lacked or none of them lacked anything so in god's mind um god god thinks holistically god god doesn't think the extent to which i lack something is the extent to which somebody has not provided quote and unquote the the extent to which i lack something is the extent to which somebody that has been afforded that gift in excess as in provided as in provided within the body of saints so the way god thinks is is in sharing is that there is always one that has an excess and that there is always one that has a need and there is always a need to distribute from the person that has an excess to the person that has the person that has a need please can the admin admin help mute the person that is unmuted uh, unmuted thank you so it's very important that as a family as a community um we are perceptive about needs of other believers and it's it's in mundane things it's in you know things that are both tangible and intangible things as well so 
verse six to eight begin to talk about the fact that you know having a gift differing according to you know the grace that we have received he that teach he that teaches teach why because we are members together of one body and when you think about the body you think about the fact that whatever the brain needs the heart supplies the the heart supplies blood to the brain in the same vein the brain fires signals to the heart and you sort of cannot even tell you, you know there's this argument that oh which which one is more important the brain or the heart you know there's they're always saying oh is the brain more important or the heart more important and you can't really tell how different in importance those those things those different organs are to one another because that's not the point the point is not to start to um justify scales of importance i'm more important than you you are less important than me the the point is stratification based on functionality that i have in excess you have a need so i would supply what you need because there is also something that you have in excess that I have a need of, and together we all reach sufficiency. And Ephesians 4, you know, lays this out very beautifully, how that together as different parts of a body, each person supplying what the body needs, contribute to the edifying of itself in love. What the body needs for edification is provided by things within the body. Things within the body. You know, the, the, the stomach processes um food and then sends ingredients to into the blood the blood the heart circulates the blood across the body the brain fires signals to the different parts of the body you know to act in consonance and to act in alignment to the end that the body continues to grow and continues to develop so there has to be the the perception of value and needs is not on a scale of um importance as per magnitude as, as per I'm, I'm more important than you as per um i'm i'm better off but in, in is in the fact that we are attending to the needs of one another so that together as a family we are growing as a body we are growing we're being we're being edified right so i'm just going to move very quickly now And so that's that's for verse 13. So when you move to verse 15 and verse 16, like I said, I'm skipping over verse 14 and I'm focusing on verse 15 and 16, and then I would come back and connect verse 14 to 17 to 21. So verse 15 and 16 says that rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one towards another mind not i things but condescend to men of low estate and do not be wise in your own conceits i like how i like how um amplified puts it so i'll just read amplified again verse 15 and 16 says that rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep live in harmony with one another do not be haughty and give yourself to humble tasks never overestimate yourself or be wise in your own conceit and what verse 15 and 16 just does is that he emphasizes the virtues of mercy humility and compassion that draws its relevance they all draw their relevance from an accurate um perception of our number one our individuality and our collective identity in god and he also bears semblance to this body concept. So if I know, if the Bible says that, you know, if a part of your body is hurting, then the entire body is hurting. So if you know that I'm really an individual, but I'm part of a body, and that's what Pastor Nonso again said last week, that um, our individual work has impact on our collective work. And how that, if I know that this part of my, a part of a body, so for example, you eat your, your your small toe against a chair or against against some or something drops on it your whole body will feel it you can start having shivers you can start your whole body can start shaking you can develop a fever just because you hit your very small toe which to me has a like a, a small scale of importance with respect to the size of your body but you know that if that feel the hurt the whole body feels the hurt and that's why the bible keeps on saying that Bible also says that when somebody is weeping we also weep with that person and when somebody is rejoicing we rejoice with that person that whatsoever it is that as a body of 
or as a family of believers we go through as individuals the whole body goes through so for example you know pastor pastor nonsense the orgy family welcomed a newborn baby we are all rejoicing it's it's a joy for the for all of us because it's part of our family pastor nonso is part of this body of saints it's part of this body of saints it's the same way when one when one one person is saved and becomes a part of the family we are all rejoicing that person is saved is that person's life that is transformed but as a family we are rejoicing because that person is part of the body of saints and that person's life has now gotten better and it means that our entire life has gotten better as a body so our bowels of compassion are open like philippians 2 tells us to respond in the same way as a body in the same way an individual will respond right and he also that's in verse that's what verse 15 tells us verse 16 begins to say that we live in harmony with, with one another again alluding to this body concept i live why would i want to keep malice with someone that is my sister someone that is my body someone that is my nose or my ear someone that if she's not functioning well my whole body is not functioning well i don't want to keep malice with that kind of I, I don't want to keep malice with that kind of person i can't keep malice because i am i am deceiving myself i am inflicting an injury on myself if i am a troublemaker or I, I cause any sort of mischief to somebody else i'm hurting myself so he says live in harmony with one another he said do not be high-minded do not give yourself to humble tasks or sorry give yourself to humble tasks and never overestimate yourself or be wise in your own conceit again alluding to the fact that the way we the way we perceive ourselves is is not based on a comparison with one another is not based on things is based on faith and that faith is based on two things number one confidence in god that is only authored and finished by jesus i did not start it i did not finish it i can't take any glory for it i can't gloat over it the only thing i can do is give glory for it and i can show mercy to to those that do not quote and unquote have it or appreciation to those that have an expression of a life different from mine right so i do not I do not sort of arrogate any any sort of um pride any sort of importance to myself because of because of something in if i arrogate any importance false sense of importance to something is because i have now inged my self-worth on that thing as opposed to on god so if i think myself better if i think myself um yeah more important than somebody on a particular scale it means that i have now taking my self-worth on inched it from god and now inched it on that thing whether it's money whether it's following whether it's whatever because if i inch it on god then there is no basis and god is the same god overall in everyone walking through all in everyone there is no way i can think someone lesser than myself it's not possible because i think that every person has their der derivative from god so there is no sort of racial discrimination there is no sort of socioeconomic divide that will cause any haughtiness or pride because i'm either extending mercy to those that are outside the fold or for those that are within the fold i'm just thinking that we are we are all members one of another and our lives are just different expression of the same being right and the last bit I also wanted to mention is also what Amplified really said is, he says, giving yourself to humble tasks. And, you know, one of the portraits or one of the pictures that just, that just come to mind is how that the Bible says in Philippians 2 that, you know, Jesus was willing to come three steps lower in service and in, in service to us or in service for us and that did not taint his image of who he was it didn't taint his image of who he was it didn't taint his image of the fact that he still taught himself god but he was willing to give himself he was willing to come to this you know sinful world to give himself but he did not he did not for any moment taint his image of who he knew he was so um when we are asked to do things that we think and again how do we even define things that are beneath us 
what do what do we mean when we say things that are things that are oh this person asked me to do something that is beneath me what what does what does beneath you mean what scale have you put yourself that something is now beneath you is it isn't it in 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 response to service isn't it in response to serving your fellow brother and sister and really if it's in response if that is the goal of your service can you say that it's beneath you so jesus really he focused on the functionality of what he was doing and the purpose of what he was doing than what he did itself so when somebody asks, asks you to do something and quote and unquote for example you know you are a you are a certain you know scale at work or anywhere and somebody asks you to do something that you think is for somebody that is way way junior to you and you start to take offense what is the purpose of the thing maybe the, your junior is not available your junior is on leave and you need to do it there's no need to take offense in that just do it because it fulfills the purpose something needs to be done a work needs to be exp expedited a process needs to be expedited do it with joy bible says that he did that with joy with joy he looked at the well, the joy that was set before him and because of that joy because of the joy of that purpose because of the joy of that goal the fact that okay if i do this thing it means that oh this work will be done faster if i do this thing it means that you know um my 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 company or my family will eat this goal faster and not focus on the fact that oh this is me and it's beneath me or how do i stoop so low to do something so 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 um menial there is nothing like that if jesus can take the most menial posture and the most menial jobs that even you know um minimum wage workers you know in israel at that time could not do this was for the poorest of the poor poorest of the poor and he did that in signifying that the purpose for which i'm doing it has greater relevance and takes higher preeminence than what it is that i'm doing the purpose dignifies the work the work doesn't um uh arrogates purpose it's the purpose of the work that dignifies the work that's been done right so bible says that we should express joy when we are asked to do humble tasks and that's how we show that see we are of a different stock that's how we show that we are not we are not really conformed to this world that we are we are not really of this world we show a different identity because where someone would frown you you are happy you are smiling you are doing it it's fine there's no problem you don't need to apologize don't worry don't worry i'll do it there's no, no problem or where somebody is saying that oh i can't i can't i can't i can't be a friend to this person i can't i can't i can't i can't talk how, how can you be seen talking how can you how, with such a status you know um be seen associating with this person you say and you you respond to them you know inform that the word what do you mean what do you mean by uh, i can't i can't respond to this person i can't talk to this person or this person can't be seen with me that way we teach them what to do we teach them what is right Right, and we really show that we are we are people of a different stock, and that's really what justifies the heart of worship. Three more minutes, and I'm done. Um, so verse four, 14, 17 to twenty-one, and I will just read that quickly. Verse fourteen says that bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Verse seventeen says that recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest, provide things honest in the sight of all men if it be possible with you as much as lies with you um live peaceable with all men dearly beloved avenge not yourselves but rather give place unto wrath for it is written vengeance is mine says the lord i will repay says the lord therefore if my if my enemy hungers I'll, therefore if your enemy hunger feed him if he thirst give him give him drink for in so doing you shall heap coals of fire on his head and do not be overcome with evil but overcome evil with good and i'm just going to read the notes that i have here so the first is verse 14 14 17 to 21 focuses on how we react to the environment around us and we pay more attention to the still waters that is resident inside us and let that water flow out rather than allowing the raging storms and turbulences in so it shows that we are we have more responsibility over how we react to turbulent situations and tense environmental cues than sometimes we want we want to take responsibility for he says you know in in some and 46 from verse one to seven he began to talk about the fact that you know though the raging storm seas and i, I raging you know the um 
though the raging don't the, though the storm rage and you know the 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 seas are turbulent and pastor also mentioned this um, on sunday how i say that there is a river that makes glad the city of god it says god is the midst of her she shall not be moved it would help her and that right early in that in that same chapter he also began to talk about how that you know um 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 kingdoms begin to fight against one another kingdoms begin to rage and it says that we will go to god with our refuge and we see two, two portraits there the portrait there that we see is steadiness we see that those things are turbulent around us things are things are wavering things are changing environmental uh, environmental situations you know people are angry with you people do things wrong to you people are evil towards you um you know uh people are troublemakers around you and the environment is, is tense but the bible says that the reaction that we have to that is that of still waters is that of still waters so we can either respond um from you know ag a place of ag agitation in terms of um res changing our 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 normal christian disposition in response to how what people do to us in, in response to how people people treat us in response to whatever people say to us or we can decide to maintain stillness and let that stillness flow out let that stillness flow out instead of letting the turbulence come in so when you start to repay evil for evil what is happening is that you are you are starting to repay turbulence for turbulence you are starting to agitate your own still waters to respond to a turbulence that is without but instead what the bible compels us to do is to respond from a disposition of stillness that someone can be can behave wickedly towards you but the spirit of god can still constrain you to respond in a way that is consistent with what the bible preaches in response to what the word says in response to love he says that we must not repay evil for evil he says because vengeance is god's own it, vengeance is not ours vengeance is is god's to repay and so when i started to consider okay why why shouldn't i respond to this person in the way that this person has as as has behaved towards me and the holy spirit told me two things the first is number one you don't know the entire history of that person and how that person is behaving what god judges is god judges motives god judges god doesn't just judge acts god judges motives and those motives are funded by are fueled by a lot of things that we are not privy to so this person acted brashly towards towards you but this person might have acted brashly towards you because of a baggage that this person is carrying and it's not really it's not to say that oh am i now a part of mumin nation that i only receive things and i don't i don't i don't respond to things in a way that is accurate in the in a way that is um quote and unquote self-gratifying it's not it's not to be quote and unquote a mumu or to be stupid but it's to understand that there might there might be more going on with this person that if i even had if i if i was privileged to know what's going on with this person i might even give more mercy than what this current situation demands that i how this current situation demands that i react at this point in time I might and so that's why god says that vengeance is mine vengeance is mine i will repay and i will repay based on what i have judged the motive of the person as so if this person is truly wicked and then at the at the point that this person needs to be repaid i will repay not you you have your own responsibilities to continue to act consistent with the spirit you carry so you're not going to become evil just because you want to repay this person in the same way that this person has dealt you or in the same thing that this person has dealt you no you respond consistent with the spirit of love and that's why the bible also says that you know that this, the, the, the 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 love of god constrains us because we thus judge we thus judge praise god so the bible admonishes that we have a part to play in peaceful conduct we always have a part to play and it says that we should always pursue that part our responsibility we should we would all we should always pursue it right we should always pursue it we should always pursue it and i said sorry i said two things I said number one vengeance is god god um god knows 
everything god knows the history of this person god knows the motive god knows where this person is coming from god has this person's entire history and so god knows how to respond to this person in the way that is most justifiable and number two god expects that we only react in ways that are consistent with the spirit that we carry and so that begs a question like i said earlier that does this mean that i have to I have to act like I, um, I'm stupid or I have to act like I have to have my right trampled on most every time. But that, that those same verses answer the question. It says that you must, you, you must honestly behave in, in a way that is beneficial to everybody, including you. And so what that means is in responding to those situations, you must take a step back. The spirit that we carry, the spirit that we have constrains us to be able to take a step back to decide what is most beneficial in that situation for everybody, including us. So sometimes the most beneficial thing might be to walk away so that the thing should not, will not blow up in everybody's faces. But the most beneficial way can also be to report the person, report the situation. The most beneficial way can be to tell the person to this face, you've been doing these things over and over again. It needs to stop. And this is why. But the spirit, this, your spirit will let you know and your conscience will let you know when it is that you are acting in a way that is really beneficial to everyone or you're, act, you're only acting in a way that is self-gratifying. Right? So in closing, what are the things that we learned from Romans 12? The first is that a yielded life and a godly life is the life of worship and is life of service. And that's the life that really, really um, is pleasing to God. That's the life of worship that is really pleasing to God. And number two is our lives must be a proof of what it means to walk in God's will and what it means to worship. What it means to worship and what that means is a yielded life and what that means is our, our minds must be renewed is a renewed mind that informs um our need our our decision to act or not act in concert with god's word and that's really what informs whether or not we are presenting our lives or presenting our bodies or yielding our members and that's really what informs our life of worship which is acceptable to god and that prompts come at us every day as romans 3 to 21 has explained and dif in different situational contracts in different ways in respect with ourselves the way we perceive ourselves in response to how we perceive others in response to how in in reference to how we relate with others and the path we decide to take or not to take invariably proves our lives of worship or um or or invalidates it and that is dependent on the extent to which our minds is renewed and our, the renewal of our minds is premised on the study of god's word the meditation of god's and meditation on god's word which which includes prayer um um fellowship with the holy spirit and also acting on god's word as well and reinforces that 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 loop of decision making um are we blessed that brings us to the end of um romans 12 and by god's grace from next week we'll go to romans 13. let's just pray heavenly father we thank you thank you father for your word thank you father for your words of instruction thank you father for your words of reproof thank you father for the words of encouragement that we've heard this evening thank you father for strength to be able to do your word thank you father because even as we've looked into the mirror of your word today we've seen areas where we need to improve we've seen areas where we need to adjust and we ask holy spirit that you help us help us show us areas of our lives show us places that we need to course correct you know and give us the strength to be able to make decisions that align with your word give us the strength to be able to do 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 things and make decisions that align with your word so that our lives become living proof of 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 who you are living proof of what your word says and indeed we become you know beacons of light to the world and men begin to see our good works and begin to glorify god in heaven in jesus mighty name we have prayed amen and amen apologies for the extra time taken thank you so much over to you minister busola wow, what a word for more messages connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at powerpoint tribe